Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited for this one. I have a very good friend of mine who's known me for a long time. His name is Mark. He's a pilot. I love how he introduced himself as a father first and not exactly um, acclaiming to just our careers, but focusing on just who we truly are. So with Mark, we actually talk about jostling with the big boys. And he was just a young boy who grew up and saw planes over his head and wanted to be one of the big boys. And if you ask me, he's now amongst the big boys. We delve into that conversation as to how he was a young boy and became such a successful pilot. Okay, so my name is Mark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, professionally, I am a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't like being defined uh, just like that. Uh, I think for me, um, the one the one thing that I take most pride in is that I am a father. Mm-hmm. I have four kids. Um, I'm so proud of them. I have two girls and two boys. Nice. Um, Perfect my oldest, <laughs> my, my oldest is 15. Uh, my youngest is uh, now 20 months old. So I'm really, really, I take so much pride in just being a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I take pride in the fact that I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. And that's because I'm, I'm big on faith. Yeah. It's, it's been a faith journey um, through my years yes. to actually get here. Yeah. So they're not a person, mm-hmm. but uh, for me now it's a supreme being yeah. that has helped me accountable. Correct. Um, has been God and my relationship to God. Mm. So since I was a kid, I had prayers, I had dreams, mm-hmm. and I'd just take them to him. Yeah. And through the years, that's how I've kept myself accountable because the, the memories still come back from everything that I dreamt of, everything that I put at his feet. Yeah. And he still keeps making it happen for me. Yeah. I don't take it for granted. Amazing. So I'd want to now just talk about your journey um, because we've known each other from very long. I think you're one of the few people who can call me kiddo and I would not get (laughs) mad. Um, So in reference to just the subjects that you studied when you're in school to now the career path that you took, are there subjects that you studied that made you know or sort of inclined you to know that piloting is what I'd end up doing. And then um, I know the story of you getting to do your KCSE and how that was. Let's dig deeper into that. Um, as far as uh, studying subjects that made me know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's the other way around for me. Mm-hmm. I always knew. Mm. It's, it's a one thing that my mother, my mother used to tell that story, still tells that story. And mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I'd I'd follow aircraft everywhere. Oh, nice! You know, I'd barely be talking, but I'd just be pointing up to the sky, yeah. saying "Dege," and I'd run after them. Um, and my mother usually just uh, when she'd lose sight of me, uh-huh. since I was a crawling baby, uh-huh. uh, she'd just look up to the sky, see where the <laughs> the, the closest plane is, and <laughs> then she'd just follow direction. that, and she'd find me somewhere in a bush, stuck busy crawling after a plane nice. and you know the the truth is i always thought my mother was exaggerating mm-hmm. now i have a son 
Mm-hmm. And the one thing that he keeps doing, fact, no one way. of his first words was nege. Wow. And every time a plane passes, because now like where, where we live, mm-hmm. we are on the approach path for both Wilson and uh, Jomo Kenyatta. Mm. So every time a plane passes overhead, he just goes nege. Nege. And he's so, whether how he can nice. see it, he hears it, he knows how to recognize them. So at least I know... Mm-hmm. My mom, my mom got it right there. Ah. So I always knew I wanted to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I picked subjects based on what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, there was geography, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is obvious. Yeah. Um, there was math, mm-hmm. physics. Uh, I had to pick chemistry because back then. <laughs> Exactly. You could only do one science. Exactly. If I could do one science, I'd yeah. only have done physics. Yeah. I I can I can barely remember anything about chemistry, even though I got A. Yeah. Uh, but it helped me uh, at some point when I was doing when I was doing my interviews. There were some questions that had some chemical elements. Yeah. And somehow I could understand them. All right. Yeah. So let's get into because I know see the first time and then decided to retake it again um and within that period you went through the process of losing your dad tell us how that time was for you uh well when i joined high school the first time Mm -hmm. i it was a bit of a disappointment because i didn't i didn't get to go where i had wanted to go i wanted to go to staray high school Mm -hmm. Uh, but in my family, cause my mother, my mother was educating both, uh, my cousin mm-hmm. and I, and we both, we both passed and were picked for Stare. Mm-hmm. But, uh, since my mother was our, was, was the only guardian that we both had, mm-hmm. the school told us she has to pick one. Ooh. My cousin was an orphan, mm-hmm. so my mother picked my cousin. Of course. And instead of Sarehe, I went to Machako school. Uh-huh. It's not a bad school. Yes. But when I got there, I just I didn't feel like it was a place I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So the first four years of high school, mm-hmm. I I lost my path. Mm-hmm. Okay, teenage would also hit hard. Of course. You know, <laughs> I went there, I got, because I used to be this shy boy. With yeah. Yeah. Soprano voice. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> when that's my voice broke, <laughs> exactly. And I learned that oh, Girls. I could write poetry. Mm. I had the confidence mm-hmm. to you know drop a word yes. here and there. Um, well, I went crazy with high school. Yeah. Um, and I lost it, Kabisa. Yeah. I I hung out with the wrong people. I became a bit of a druggie. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into into weed. Mm-hmm. I was very very big on weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so big on weed that I was dealing weed in school. Mm, in so. high school, <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> so that that was my. If, if we talk about hassles, that yeah. was my first hassle. Oh yeah, learning how to do business. Yeah, yeah. My, my my mom my mom didn't give me much for pocket money. Ah. My mother uh, was convinced that if she gives me money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what will just spoil me. So my mom used to give me 300 shillings, 100 bob mm-hmm. to get me to school, yeah. 100 bob to, to get me back, back at the so end of So you only have 100 bob for the full time. And 100 bob just for emergencies. Yeah. So when I'd get to school, I'd use the 200 bob left over yeah. to start up my hustle. 
So <laughs> I'd go by and figure out how you get home at the end of the semester. Uh, and 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 now that's 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 how that's how I used to make some extra money on the side. Mm. It wasn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the first four years, mm-hmm. I just I didn't do well. My first time with uh, KCSE, mm-hmm. I got a C plus. Yeah, and that was that was majorly because of my art. I've I've always been good with art. Ah, um, and I got an A with uh, in art, mm-hmm. and an A also in English. Oh, really? Yes. So that's what that's what brought my grades up because the rest of my boys, all of the rest of the. <laughs> We were Down we were bottom. swimming on, on on D's and E's yeah. and uh, you know so after that uh, mm-hmm. I got out I, I couldn't do much with it yes uh, my mom had also gone through a difficult period where her business had had really gotten some big hits mm-hmm. and so Pesaya college and what we yeah. didn't have. So I started hustling. I started uh, doing odd jobs in factories. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Stacy knows me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where we used to live, uh-huh. um, we used to live in uh, Gumba Estate. Yeah. So I'd walk down Gumba Estate up uh, Outering Road all the way to industrial area. Mm. Yes. To go do odd jobs for 100 pop a day. Wow. And then walk back because if I took if I took the mat I'm at the bus, it's going to take away the amount you've earned for that yes. day. Yeah. So I initially started. There's a there's a company I used to work uh, or get a hustle with called Matthew Paper, mm-hmm. and I used to go and pick up uh, sort sort all these um, papers like from Unga Limited. Mm-hmm. So all those packs for. Uh, for flour, mm-hmm. so whichever one had been split, ah, I have to pour out the to, ah. the unga. Then now put them now sort them out. Mm-hmm. That's where I started on a hundred bob a day. Mm-hmm. Then I got to be a mixer, where now I put I put them into the machine. Yeah, that would mix the the whole pulp before now it goes out to get sieved and then dried and made it to toilet paper. Wow, you see, so the best I could do up was, was about in, two yeah. two hundred shillings a yeah. day. From there, I met, uh, shortly afterwards, I met some Congolese guys mm-hmm. who were, they had, they had lodges mm-hmm. that were transporting things from Mombasa mm-hmm. all the way to Congo. Mm-hmm. So since I could speak uh, good Swahili, they, mm-hmm. they, they, their Swahili was a French Swahili. Yeah. You know, Batoto, Banataka. <laughs> So my job now became a tanboy mm-hmm. where I'd be the one now to speak to the cops on the road. Oh. So I went down to Mombasa and then I'd come up with the trucks, uh, handing some 200 bucks to cops, uh, take the trucks to the border. Yeah. Um, somehow I made it, my, made it to Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uganda, I started selling... Uh, I ended up in a place called Ndeba, mm-hmm. where they sell uh, border borders. That mm-hmm. was back before all these Chinese border borders. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they had Hondas and Yamahas, mm-hmm. and I got into that now. I got into selling picky pickies, fixing them, mm-hmm. and electronics, car spare parts. So that's now when my life started, yeah. you know, getting some headway. Yeah. And I started making a bit of money. Yeah. 
for those of you who are who are thinking it's big money, my first bank account was with a postbank uh-huh. of uh, oh Uganda. Postbank. Uh-huh. And the first amount that I posted mm-hmm. as my savings mm-hmm. was a hundred thousand uh, Uganda shillings, which I was so proud. Of. <laughs> uh, it's 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 just a bit really? less than five k. Imagine, <laughs> but you're and so proud. So and much in that pride time, in that. Yeah, you know. So I'm able there, to make yeah. it till here. Bus. Yeah. So I started. Uh, I started now as hustle on the side. So I got some electronics. Mm-hmm. And I got all these CD changers and I brought them to Nairobi yeah. to sell them to the Matatus for Route 44. Oh, yeah, because now playing boom music yes. and then some good like mixes mm-hmm. that are there would, would, yeah. would actually get them to have attractive or loyal customers who'd yeah. wait on the stage to, for just that one mat yeah. that would play their songs. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Mm-hmm. That's from there now is when uh, there's a cousin of mine who I owe a lot to. He's called Steve. Mm-hmm. And Steve is the one who came, he came to see me mm-hmm. and, you know, I told him everything that I was doing and he told me, yeah, you've done well for yourself. At mm-hmm. least you've lifted yourself up. Yeah. But you're going into business, which is exactly what your mother has always done. Yes. So the best that you can ever be is your mom. Yeah. You're, you're a smart <laughs> guy. You've always been the smartest guy in our family. Yeah. So why are you wasting your time? And you can do so much more. And you can do so much more, Mm. you know. So he started talking to me, but he was talking to me to get back to school Mm -hmm. in terms of, because for my C+, the Mm -hmm. best I could do was uh, Kenya Poly. Yeah. So he wanted me to go to Polytechnic Mm -hmm. and at least do Something, vocational training. Yeah, some vocational training. Yeah. And and start, start getting my, you know, start getting certificates and diplomas. Exactly. And I I had a night where the night, the day he came to talk to me that night, I just couldn't sleep. I just thought about it. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, I had just had a different plan. So I chose, I decided that I was going back to go to high, uh, to uh, going back to high school. To high school. So I went, told my mom mm-hmm. and she thought I was joking. <laughs> she used, back then she was, she was still doing a biashara. Yeah. So she, she left the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, on business yeah and when she yeah, came I back mm-hmm. she found that i had already found myself for school and enrolled for the first term yeah so she came and found me in school so that's now i went back to school yeah that was kaba high school mm. and it took a lot of convincing to to even convince the head teacher that i could do it because yeah. he told me my my grades weren't good enough the first time round. yeah and his suggestion was that I should go back to third form or second form. Wow. And I told him, look, I'll do fourth form. Mm. If I don't make it uh, in one year, I'll come back again until I make, until, it. Until I make it. Yeah. Uh, well. First swing, you got it right. Yes. <laughs> First swing, you got it right. Because I remember one, um, by the time the results were coming out, I think you did do well. And I think you did share that. You had the option of doing law and yes. then piloting. Uh, well, I had the option of doing mm-hmm. law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I had the option of doing piloting mm-hmm. because of how how well I had passed. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my mm-hmm. dreams were were crashed uh, before I could move anywhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I went around the 
the flying schools, mm-hmm. you know, with my yeah. certificates having printed out everything. No, so and proud I was of so it. Dressed, I, 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 I was so well dressed. I was I was in a tie, yeah, a coat. Yes, I had this uh, brown pants that I was just you know <laughs> so I used to iron them. They were my best <laughs> pair of pants. Yeah. So I went round and I remember in one of the schools I won't mention which one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lady there who I usually see every every time I pass there, and <laughs> she she, now. she laughed in my face. Wow. She laughed when I when I told her, you know, this is what I've done. Yeah, I've passed really well, and I'm looking for sponsorship. Yeah, she actually burst out laughing. She was like, "This is this is a flying school." Yeah. Okay, if you don't have the money to do this, mm-hmm. then you won't make it. You won't make it. Yeah. And I and I asked for a prospectus. Mm-hmm. When I asked for the prospectors, the fees was to do a private pilot's license, which was the first, which was the first uh, step, mm-hmm. was uh, nine hundred and fifty thousand Kenya shillings. Wow. To to get all the way to commercial level, I'd have to spend about two point five million shillings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back home with that prospectors, and I gave it to to my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad just, because my dad was a bus driver, mm-hmm. he looked at it and that was the first time I ever saw my dad shed a tear. Yeah. It was the first and only time I mm. ever saw him get emotional. And uh, he told me, well, son, now, um, well, it's it's low for you. So yeah. that's, that's how I ended up in law school. Yeah. Yes. So you did do law. I went Fight. into uni. Mm-hmm. I went into uni. I did law. And uh, that same year mm-hmm. was a year I lost my dad. Mm. Now, as I was doing law school, my dad had this thing where uh, Kenya Airways used to advertise. Yeah. Uh, for Abinisho. Yeah. But they hadn't advertised for quite like, about way. two years. Mm. But every Friday, because the adverts used to come out on the Friday newspaper, uh-huh. every Friday my dad would buy the newspaper and give At it to least, me yeah, to check. check the ad. Every Friday, That's faithfully. So, um, a few months before my dad died, mm-hmm. my dad finally saw the advert and he came and he gave it to me wow. and he told me apply. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I will. He told me, no, sit there, now, write now. down your application <laughs> right now. Exactly. Actually, but I don't have, uh, I don't have a full scope. You remember what a full scalp yeah. was? Yeah. That's, that's what you used to write <laughs> letters on. So he gave me ten shillings. I went bought a full scalp. Mm-hmm. Um, bought some nice envelopes, mm-hmm. came, sat down, and wrote my application. Mm-hmm. And my dad, the next day in the morning, he went with me. He made sure that I put it in the in the post office. Mm-hmm. He's the one who bought the stamps for me, mm-hmm. and uh, I posted it. Uh-huh. And I forgot all about it. Uh, two months later, my dad passed away in a in a road accident. Yeah. And uh, that was a really difficult period for me. Yeah. And just about a month after my dad passed on, Kenya Airways wrote back. And wow. they called me and they invited me for an interview. And, and you know, because my dad, the last thing he told me was, you're not going to die a driver like me. Yeah. Like okay. chase your dreams. Yeah. You have to chase your dream. And yeah. it used to disappoint my mom so much because my mom was set on me being a lawyer. I was, yeah. I was good at that. Um, and I had a talent for expressing myself and my mother was so sure Mm -hmm. that I'd be a really good lawyer. Um, but my dad, 
told me what you always wanted to be was a pilot. Yeah. So Jesus. you have to pursue this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I passed my interviews mm-hmm. and and got a sponsorship finally. Imagine. To to go fly. Uh-huh. Um, and they took you to ASA, right? Yeah, that's where I went now down to South Africa. Ah, uh, so Which, what given the fact that I know you've experienced um the school of flying here in Kenya and then or at least have seen how it is versus then what you did in SA. What are the differences and positives or and also what what is also the negative downside of it? Um hard pressed to find to find positives <laughs> which is which well, is fine because it's your experience yeah, and it's what it's, you it's, it's good for mm. for people who want to do it when you're when you're close to home mm. um i've known many people who have done it while they're working i've known many people there's, there's yeah a, there's a there's a friend who uh the dad wanted him to be an accountant yes and he went and they studied he became and an said, accountant yeah the way we said that this is for you yes yeah started working in a bank he was working for kcb mm-hmm. and he started uh, paying for his flying lessons and he'd go yeah uh flying lessons like for for the smallest aircraft that's like uh 152 mm-hmm. will cost you an average of about 15,000 shillings an hour mm. for a private pilot's license you mm-hmm. need 40 hours mm-hmm you see mm. so it's not kidogo it's money. not kidogo money and then there's examination fees there's yeah. what you pay your instructors for tests yeah so by the time you're done with a private pilot's license you spent a million boop so this guy was actually doing it um you do it every every weekend because mm-hmm. that's when now he'd get off work yeah and it took him quite a long time yes so uh and then the commercial pilot's license is you have to build your hours to 200 hours wow so for 200 hours mm-hmm. and the planes get bigger. Yes. So the planes get to the point where you're paying about uh, 40 to 50,000 shillings an hour. Oui. So it's not it's not a cheap event. Yeah. So for the people who are who are doing it uh, on their own privately, mm-hmm. that's a positive because at least they're able to get to the flying schools over the weekend. Correct. But if you have the funds to do it at once, yeah. Then the best thing to do is I'm not I'm not selling out uh, the Kenyan the Kenyan flying schools yeah. or telling people that they are lower quality. Yeah. It's just that it's cheaper and faster to do it out there. Yeah. The price of fuel is different. Yeah. You go to South Africa and you're you're in one place and you're in one place to do one thing. Yeah. If you go to the states it's the same day. Yeah. You go and within because you're able to do this in a period of about uh, 12 to 14 months on Yeah, because I remember like within one yes. and a half years you yes. are back and you are working for yes. QQ. You see. So if you if you can do it, yeah, then take that path. Yes. It's it's faster. Uh I think it, it also expands cheaper. your network. And yes, it expands your network mm-hmm. and it gives you some exposure, especially yes. being a pilot, learning to live out there on your own. Mm-hmm is really important because not all jobs will be bringing you back home correct you'll have to do jobs um, because not not you know everyone can't have the same path yeah so you'll have to do jobs where you you know these jobs take you out station and some companies will keep you out station for you know two to three months yes 
And um, if you can't survive on your own out there, yeah. you'll just use the comforts of home. Yeah. It will be really difficult for you to adapt. Yeah. So if you can do that at an early stage, the better. The better. Because I have the knowledge of you transitioned and became a bush pilot. Yes. Just how that journey was. Well, uh, my experience uh, initially was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, some politics got into the way. Yes. Um, and like in every organization, yes. politics does happen. And then there are people who'd fit with it and not yes. the people who didn't. And it's everywhere. Like yes. for me, I've just experienced it where I've gotten into companies and I'm like, I don't feel it then matches. Yes. And I've churned out, which is okay. That is, and it takes you to the path that you yeah. actually ought to be in. Well, I, I was, I've always been an advocate mm-hmm. and uh, I've always been outspoken about my views. Yeah. Unfortunately, they rubbed uh, some people the wrong way. Yeah. And uh, being that, and this is, this is some advice that I'd actually give to the people who are starting out in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you have opinions, mm-hmm. you, I'm not telling you to, to bottle them. Exactly. It's good for you to express your opinions. Yes. And it's, it, it will kill you if, if you keep bottling things. Correct. But uh, There's a smart you, need, way. you need to learn how to communicate smartly. Exactly. You need to learn how, when to say things yes. and when to shut up. Correct. Okay. Mm. Now, I learned that the hard way. Yeah. And I don't want everyone to have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. So, as you know, there's ambition, there's being headstrong, there's uh, giving your opinion out there. Yeah. Keep your ambition. Yeah. You know, be determined in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. But uh, company politics, learn how to navigate work them. and how to navigate company politics yes. at an early stage. If Correct. you learn that, yes. uh, you, will, you will get far and you'll get farther a lot faster than some of us who feel the need to yeah. always express an opinion the yeah. moment the moment we get it. Yeah, and it's being a millennial whereby, you know, we really yes. want to, you know, bring ourselves out and be very authentic. Yes. But then at the same time, there's a way in which we're dealing with the older generation yes. and how they handled things. Mm. And I've always said they have the wisdom, yes. But then we also have the new understanding of things that then needs to be matched together. And up until you learn that art of knowing there's wisdom from the organization and the management that's there, and then there's your new understanding of things that perhaps they haven't gotten to understand, and you match it, it gets you further instead of just um, being seen as, quote-unquote, the rebel. You know, like what you're saying, mm-hmm. I, I read something today which was from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials... Mm-hmm are the best educated generation in mm-hmm. the history of the world mm-hmm. and the worst paid. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> and it's, 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 hard, it's hard for you to balance that. Yes. And uh, right now, millennials are being brought up in a culture where expressing oneself is, is big. Yes. You know, you, you have so many platforms to express yourself. Mm. You have Facebook, you have yes. Instagram, you have Twitter. You have LinkedIn, and, whatever. And, and the, the beauty of today is, mm-hmm. is you can actually go incognito. Yes. You can create profiles that are not yours. Yeah. So you can shut out whatever message you have out there mm. with no one knowing who, who you, you are. Did, yeah. mm-hmm. And it gives you a false confidence. Yes. It gives you, 
it gives you this need to be authentic. Yes. However, learning how to navigate the corporate uh, world mm-hmm. uh it's it's not it has it has nothing to do with your authenticity yes you can still be authentic correct and be smart mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so that's where the wisdom comes out yeah. so don't think that it takes anything away from your authenticity yeah it's more like you're waiting for the right time correct. there's a time when you will have uh, the position yeah the clout and enough people who listen to you yes. in, in your terms as millennials it's like where you have when you have followers yes okay yes. so when 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 you have when you have that uh, what, what do you call it that presence yeah you sort of feel you can command now, it now when you mm. can command that attention mm. Mm. you you have the chance to say whatever you want okay not whatever we've seen yes. some people, people do the wrong past, things yes <laughs> say the wrong things <laughs> and, and lose their jobs yeah brand, yes. brand presence means yeah. means nothing yes unless how wherever you get mm. however big you get yeah. from the examples of what you've seen like there are some radio personalities mm. recently mm. who went down that road mm. what we have seen is you can be taken down by your words and you will be held accountable yes so all you're doing by is you're just delaying your own authenticity and you're building up yes on your experience yeah for a later time when yeah. you'll be able to express yourself yes. a lot better yes. and a lot smarter All right. So jumping into the fact of you delay your authenticity and I think this is what I feel happened to you and you can correct me if I'm wrong but the fact that you now learned in KQ that overly expressing costed you something but then also politics played a part. Yes. You then um had to reconfigure and figure out how do I then become my best authentic self? with an organization because i feel you paired yourself with an organization that then gave you the space to be that authentic and and managerial part while still doing something that you love which i think is what now millennials fail to do they stay in the in those organizations or they get stuck after those organizations let them go and can't figure out now how do i then find me with an organization that works uh-huh. So um with this mm-hmm. like uh like I was saying now KQ mm-hmm. is a big organization. Mm. Now for you to remain authentic yes. and get to a point where you can express yourself we take a long time. Yes. Okay. Mm. It will because there are so many people around you who and especially when it comes to the workplace. Yes. Companies pick people of uh who are similar yes. who fit into into what they need mm. for their company yes. so they will pick similar people yes. and these people will have similar thoughts similar yes. ideas yes so you're not the only one who's jostling mm. for for that authenticity you're not the only one who's jostling to get to a place where you can be heard correct now uh in my case even though it didn't happen due to my own choice mm-hmm. I ended up uh when I got out of KQ mm-hmm. I had to hustle again through mm-hmm. Wilson mm-hmm. and uh my first jobs that I got were not good jobs. Mm-hmm. I got jobs uh writing manuals, mm-hmm. I got jobs uh, teaching. Mm-hmm. I was getting paid about 10,000 bob a month. Mm-hmm. Um I had two kids. Yeah. And uh, I had to hustle for everything. It was from one bill, I pay electricity today. Yeah. I hustle for the next bill, I pay Maji yes. tomorrow. Yes. I hustle the next Figure week. Out rent. I pay half the rent. <laughs> yes. By the end of the month I'm paying. I was always behind on things. Mm. 
uh, but I just I kept pushing, and I started I started a gig where I was because uh, I saw you know what I'm good with books, mm-hmm. so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start tutoring people. Mm-hmm. in um, in the aviation subjects because part of aviation is not just the flying ah, there's a theoretical part of it correct so i started teaching people uh for their private pilot's license uh-huh. their commercial pilot's license and even though i was only a commercial pilot mm-hmm. um i was also able to tutor people for their airline transport pilot license so i was tutoring people who are way more experienced than me yeah and out of that now i was able to hustle my way mm-hmm. And one of my students had a ranch up in uh, Narok. Mm-hmm. And they they offered me the chance. They told me, you know what, uh, I have a little plane here. I won't pay you cash. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. if if you're looking for hours, you can teach me and I can give you the hours. Yes. So at the time, I had hustled my way and I had actually gotten a job in a good company in Wilson Airport. Mm-hmm. As a flight operations officer, mm-hmm. and that same same week, mm-hmm. I was finishing my sixth six month probation. Mm-hmm. I was earning sixty thousand a month, mm-hmm. and when I finished my probation, my take home was going to about a hundred and eighty thousand a month. I like that you're talking figures because there's always the part of it's assumed this is how much pilots would make no. or it's 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 you know just because you have the name pilot then there's yes. an egoistic thing that comes yes. so i appreciate that but go on so i as i was doing that now when 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 this student of mine gave me the offer mm-hmm. it wasn't straightforward mm-hmm. um i was doing a flight with him um i was actually a passenger mm-hmm. uh, so there was there was someone else who was training with him mm-hmm. so i was a passenger going to his farm mm-hmm. And I was just going to see where I can set up a class for him, mm-hmm. and he'd be sending his plane to come and pick me up. But the person oh, wow. who was uh, the person mm-hmm. who was flying with him was just doing so badly. Mm-hmm. So we went out to the farm, mm-hmm. got there, uh, spent the night, mm-hmm. and then the next day we chose where we could have a class. Mm-hmm. And they were going to Magadi Airstrip to train to mm-hmm. train this other person. Mm-hmm. So as I as I, since I was staying at the camp, yeah. told me, hey, just, just come along. Just come, yeah. So we went and when this, as we were doing the training, it was just a whole mess. And the guy yeah. got so mad yeah. to the point where he told me, you know what? When if was the last time you flew? Do this, yeah. So I told him that I hadn't flown for about two years. Yeah. And he told me, you know what? You can't do any worse. Just yeah. Try. <laughs> yeah. So I got into the plane. I hadn't flown that type before. Mm-hmm. And I did a takeoff. Mm-hmm. I did a landing. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, just try and do that again. Mm-hmm. I did it again mm-hmm. and again. And the guy told me, you know, fly us back to the farm. So yeah. I flew back to the farm, came back, landed. We went. Uh, I picked up my bags. Yeah. Came, sat now at the back as a passenger. Yes. And he told me, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're, You're flying the us guy. back to Nairobi. Yeah. So I flew back to Wilson. What was the dream like Wilson, that day to just go back into it was flying? Because so I felt know a lot of so pilots good. have gone a period where they haven't flown and then oh, just felt, back into the dock. It felt wonderful. You mm. can imagine I had the last aircraft I was flying before mm-hmm. I came back mm-hmm. was uh, was a seven three seven. Okay. Wow. And uh, from that, now this was two years later. To pure silence and then a one seventy two. Yeah. You know, a tiny, tiny little thing. It yeah. only carries four. Yeah. 
And interesting. it was so exciting. Interesting. And when I landed back in Wilson, I just picked my bags. As I was driving home, mm-hmm. uh, this guy is a personal assistant calls mm-hmm. me. And she tells me, hey, um, Peter says, you know what? Uh, he was impressed by what he saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can come see him tomorrow. Now, that was Sunday. I yeah. was reporting back to work. Mm-hmm. When I went back, so I came early in the morning, mm. went to see Peter. So he tells me, hey, uh, I can't, I won't pay you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can teach me and you can get the hours. Yeah. So And the hours matter. That is. So I was checking out on that Wednesday, uh-huh. Wednesday of that week. Uh-huh. I was finishing my probation in this other company to move from 60,000 baht to 180,000. To 180, but that's three times the salary. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And But I was going to be a flight operations officer. It was a desk job I was doing. I was just basically gathering the data mm. that other pilots were doing. And I was teaching the pilots as well yeah, uh, to convert their licenses because they used to get a lot of international pilots going to Iraq, yeah. uh, to different parts of the world. Yeah. So I decided that I was going to quit. Wow. And get the that, hours. Trained. That didn't, didn't, it didn't go down well with yeah, my family. Of course. Because <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a paying job, yeah. which now I was going to earn a good salary yes. to go back to earning nothing. Yeah. You know. And it didn't go well. It didn't go well. And I that can was, imagine. That was the beginning of the end. Responsibilities, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Of, of my, my first... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first solid relationship, if I can say that. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Yes. Because that's yeah. The, oh my word. So yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go down well. Yeah. But I I made my choice. Mm-hmm. I went out to work for this guy. Mm-hmm. I used to sleep in a tent. Mm-hmm. I worked for him. No for, you love camping for nine uh-huh. months. Uh-huh. And every night uh-huh. I'd sleep in a tent. There were wild animals around. This was not. This was not a Ted joke. There's yeah. Uh, there's a poem that talks about the leopard in a moo tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, I think it's Okot Pibitek. Uh-huh. Uh, Going back into how you are writing poems in school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, there are two weeks uh-huh. where there was a tree outside my tent and mm-hmm. there was a leopard living up there. It had brought up a carcass of a gazelle. Oy. It put it up there. You're it kidding ate, me. It ate a lafo bus. It just stayed up that tree. And you're for two weeks. Sleeping. Yes. The first thing that you had to do when you came to the tent mm-hmm. is you had to take your torch mm-hmm. and check under your bed. You had to sweep under your bed to make sure there were no snakes. That place had some really <laughs> long, the longest black mumbas. Oh my god. There is there's one that we shot. Uh-huh. Which I actually took the measurements. It was seven foot four inches long. Oh my goodness. And that's a black mamba. You know, people see the luxury you know. of this, right? <laughs> they wouldn't know the 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 sides of yeah. the side hustles yeah. you did. And I wanted to ask you: so, in this bush piloting, what kind of cool things and cool stories or cool people did you fly? Uh, I think I no, think you've just was, given you've given the epitome of what. Yeah, this this was this cool, was and it reminds me of Trevor Noah and his recent. I think it's his most recent um stand up yes. where he talks about the snake, and then people are just like, "I don't mess with snakes," but yeah. guys are over there really watching and seeing the performance my yeah. god so you had and it's just you and oh, peter i i loved there was peter and mm-hmm. i it was mm-hmm. a huge ranch mm-hmm. um he had because he had a he had a place where he used to train rangers mm-hmm. uh we had a center where we had a medical center 
Oh, wow. We were educating the Maasai. We had a research center. Nice. So it was a, it was a big operation, and I used to I used to help out uh, the Kenya Wildlife Service to do mm-hmm. wildlife counting. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh huh. Oh. And anti poaching. So it I just got so excited. Job got, satisfaction, right? And impact. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have. I have I have adventures where we are going through the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to because there was a there was an elephant that had been shot mm-hmm. by poachers, mm-hmm. and we wanted to remove the bullet from because it was in yeah. the shoulder. But you know, it was a bull, mm-hmm. and it was a young bull, mm-hmm. and it was it was enraged. Of it course. was so bad. So every time it would smell us, mm-hmm. it would come charging at us. So wow. we had to run the other way, <laughs> and we had to go around <laughs> that whole area. So we can we can we can come we can come downwind. Because now if you come up, we yeah. can smell you. Yeah. So we can come downwind. Yeah. I I have, as in I have. That's crazy. We we have. Uh, I have I have so many. I can imagine, I, and, and then I can imagine, you know, with normal people, it's like, oh hi, how was your day? You know, my boss is being, I don't know. <laughs> Yours is we were charged at today. <laughs> I did yes. not sleep up until three a.m. Ah, we. I have that. I wow. have stories where there's a. There's a there's a day and it's not just one day. Mm-hmm. We used to have uh, when we'd leave dinner because it was a big dinner tent. Mm-hmm. So when we'd leave dinner, mm-hmm. we we used to have to go as a group. Yeah. Uh, but that day I was just so tired, so I went out <laughs> by myself. I'm like I've, I've done this Guys, enough times. What's the worst? And as I'm just leaving dinner, it's, mm-hmm. it's a distance of like about fifty meters to my tent. Mm-hmm. I just hear this note, you know. And I know God. Buffalo. Black map. Buffalo. Oh. Buffalo. Oh my God. And let me tell you, that thing chased me. <laughs> I went diving straight into my tent. Uh-huh. It charged right into the tent. Oh my God. You know, it, it just, the only thing is that it got tangled up in, in the fabric for the tent. Yeah. And then decided, ah, it, this is too much trouble. And let it me went. go. You know. So I are you I've, making phone calls at that time or it's just no, pure panic, adrenaline, pure you don't panic. even remember there's a phone. It's pure panic. To shout nothing. <laughs> you know. Wow. <laughs> so stories as in I, I got hooked to, to the bush life. I now I, I truly understand how you ended up now being a bush pilot. Yeah, so being a bush pilot from from there now uh-huh. I moved to because at at some some time now, it just became necessary to make some money. Yeah. You know, I had kids. Yes. Um, I had school fees to pay. Of bills. course. Yeah. So I had to come back to Wilson. Um, I got a job flying a Cessna 206. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my first salary was $500. Mm-hmm. So $500 was my first proper salary as a pilot. Yeah. So when people are thinking about it, I don't know, you earn hundreds. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, because okay, I, mean, I can imagine in KQ, yes. then the scholarship you're paying it back yeah. or something like that. Yes. So by the time now you're actually getting to, so do you mind telling us the age, yes. your age at that time? Oh, snap. <laughs> you, it's, you are I quite. Not, I was not a young guy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't start flying young because yeah. I went back to school. Yeah. So by the time I was, I was, I was getting to. To actually start with flying, yeah, I was uh, twenty six. Yeah, but that's I mean, and I was I was in class and I was training with people who are eighteen, nineteen. Oh yeah, so there's that. So yeah, you, you you have to be careful that you don't get uh, demotivated. Correct. So yeah, yeah, and so some of the kids yeah. are the kids who come from money and everything. So yes, it's a whole no, no, that's where that's where it gets a bit. Uh, 
you know, it, it can get a bit depressing because yeah. like in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, we were getting a stipend. So what, what KQ was giving us every month yeah. uh, for you to be able to live with was a thousand rand, which was translating about 10,000 Kenyan shillings. Yeah. Now you're in a school with, with rich kids who, um, when you guys decide that you're going out yeah. for the weekend, mm. that's they spend they about spend, twenty thousand exactly twenty thousand. So Kenya your two months thing shopping for new clothes. <laughs> Imagine they went out in, with these clothes yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. They have to go shopping, and then they're and gonna you, come spending that. You you have that one thousand mm. rand. A beer is costing as uh, because a beer used to cost about uh, what well, it was like about thirty rand mm. in those bougie places Ooh. where. These guys would want to go. My, my. Do you know? Eventually, I stopped going out with them. Yeah. I learned how to go to the location now, where the, where the, where the mirrors <laughs> were, and you, you'd get <laughs> at the local. You'd get that local. Uh-huh. You'd get a beer mm-hmm. for a quarter of the price. And that bougie beer. place. Yeah. And that beer was seven hundred ml. Wow. That's a huge bottle. Do you know what this reminds me? It reminds me having beers with you in yeah. Rwanda. And that you local see? place that you in went that to that you place. actually knew so, that had, yeah. it was plantains and what, it, I yes. think it was pork, but it has a It was meat. plantains and pork. Mm. Yeah, but mm. that's, you see that, that, that for me, it's because uh, even when I, when, I, when, when I took you out mm-hmm. for, for dinner in, uh, what, in Rwanda, in Rwanda mm. we went to... We the, Italian the, pizza, place. the Italian yeah. place. Yeah. So I can do bougie. Yes. But I can also But then do we still went local. Yeah, yeah you're like, I am a local, local place. Yeah. <laughs> and I always I always feel like it's such an aspect that you need to have. Mm, yeah. Because when we're talking about like just jostling with the big boys, there's who you are and there's where you came from. Yeah. But then there's also the taste that you formed as you went along, yeah. which you're allowed to as a person. But then it's always seen as if that just became I be- just because I became bougie, then I don't know how to be local. And I'm here, I'm always telling guys, guys, you know, we've, we've done things. <laughs> we've done things that then just help you navigate whatever side of life. Yeah. So now um, let's talk about now into your, f- not, not final phases, but then into bush piloting and you are in Tanzania, right? Yes. And then now where you are now yeah. and what that transition, how did you get to the transition into being with Amref? Well, going, going to Tanzania was, was a huge step for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing now uh, that most, most of your listeners mm-hmm. would want to know is um, your path to where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have to be everyone else's path. Correct. It can be completely yeah. unorthodox. Yeah. Now, most people don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Yes. You want to, uh, you were born in Westy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you moved to where? Park, Parklands. Mm, Parklands, yeah, you, yeah. You work, you work probably around Westy, Upper Hill. Yes. Uh, you still drink in the same same joints that your, yeah. your dad used to drink in yeah. and you're offered you hear of a job there is a good job uh probably in lagos yeah you know and for you getting out of your comfort zone means going to learn how to live by yourself yes with no support system mm-hmm. you don't have any family around mm-hmm. you don't most people are not comfortable with that yeah but you have to have the courage to actually get out of your comfort zone to establish yourself. Yeah. So I 
I went down to Tanzania mm-hmm. uh, when I was going there. Mm-hmm. I actually had less hours than what they were requiring. And I, I, I spoke to the chief pilot at the time. Yeah. I told him, look, you give me one chance. Yes. Okay. Give me one. Because now their interview process was quite different from ours. Yeah. We didn't sit down to interview. Mm-hmm. You are going there to fly a plane. So your interview was a plane. Oh. So you go there. Uh, and the deal we made with him was we will pay mm-hmm. for you will pay for your return ticket mm-hmm. if you pass the interview mm-hmm. we will refund you the whole cost if you fail the interview mm-hmm. we'll refund you half the cost ah so it's like ah, my let's do this ticket, yeah came in and uh the day the day i was uh, because now i was uh the day i was interviewing because mm-hmm. i came in i went uh, we had we had uh, the the owner had had a whole place where mm-hmm. we had accommodation for pilots. Mm-hmm. It was a nice little place called Baobab, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they had a pizza restaurant. So I sat there to have dinner, and mm-hmm. this this old Italian guy comes. He was wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Hi, yeah, you're 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 joining Coastal." I'm like, "Well, I was just called for the interview." Yeah. Uh, He's like, ah, but I, you know, the the chief pilot said such good things about you. Like, oh, nice. I haven't even met him. I, just, <laughs> I only spoke to him on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and the guy tells me, well, I've been. You're just you're going to fly a plane. It's like riding a. It's like uh, pushing a wheelbarrow. Yeah. And I was like, who who the hell is this guy? Mm-hmm. And you know, he bought me my pizza. Uh huh. And he went. Mm-hmm. So the next day. On my way to work, mm-hmm. as or rather, on my way to my interview, yes, I received a call from Kenya Airways. Wow, you're kidding yes, me! I received a call from Kenya Airways. I will never forget. To I was what? in the van. They were like, "Hi, Mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we understand that you've been doing this and mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and you know, we'd like you to come and interview for a position." Mm-hmm. And I, I, I froze. I, I was know. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And I remember I talked to that lady and. I just told her, you know what? Eh? It's been such a hassle yes. from the time I left you guys uh-huh. to get here because when I left you guys, I didn't even have a license. Yeah. I had to hassle for everything. Yes. So uh, I'm sorry, but right now I'm on my way to an interview yeah. for a job that I could possibly get. Yeah. And as much as this is KQ is a good gig, flattering and everything, I, mm. I can't do this now. Yes. So I went for my interview. Mm-hmm. We went for a flight. Mm-hmm. I did my flight. The guy was really impressed by mm-hmm. my flying. Mm-hmm. He came back and he told me, you know what? We just need to build up your hours yeah. immediately to the insurance requirements yeah. and release you. Yeah. You know? That's great. And uh, I was like, but I, I didn't even pack up my house. I, I, I was just coming. The guy was like, <laughs> I, found, I found the old Italian guy. The yeah. old Italian guy mm-hmm. was, is a very, he was now my boss. He's called uh, Nicola Colangelo, the late. Mm-hmm. That guy just... He, he was amazing. Mm. That guy used to give chances to everyone. And he taught me so much. Mm-hmm. The guys who used to work for him, mm-hmm. when you went through their history, mm-hmm. their first job in the company was cleaning planes. They were cleaning floors. Wow. And now they're a sales director. They're, that oh. guy used to believe in capacity. Building. I know. And he that's what he taught me. And that's where I went into. Yeah. And when I started working for him, I just, I love the job. Yeah. I love the freedom. I remember I how happy you were I was, now at that point. That was the first job I got yeah. that I was just extremely happy. Yeah. I was so happy. 
Um, in six months, he had transitioned me from from a pilot to management. Yes, I remember that. And I had gone through because the process for most of the pilots is mm-hmm. they used to take about a year and a half to get through all the training. Yes. I had done everything in six months. Nice. And I had gotten into management. Bless his soul. I I was given a position up in the north. Yes. And I started building on on a different path for the company up there. Nice. And uh, and I love that. I love that. I for the first time I had a boss who believed and who listened to me. Yeah. So when when I ha- when I had an idea, mm-hmm. I could go to him and I would speak to him honestly. Yeah. And I tell him this is the this is the direction I think we should go. Mm-hmm. And he'd give me his views because he had so much experience. That's so good. And uh, eventually, mm-hmm. he'd he just let me run the show. And he believed. Yeah, in, I remember. He believed in letting mm-hmm. you run it. Mm-hmm. Uh, letting you make mistakes. Yes. And then come back and, okay, so now you've made your mistakes. Yeah. What have you learned from that? Mm. What can you change about that? Mm-hmm. And that guy had patience. And it's not it's not every company that you'll get such Of people. course, that will give you that. Yes. But it was, it was such a joy being there. Yeah. And then from there now, I got into into flying private charters. Yeah. I started flying around, you know, some ridiculously rich people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> movie stars. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, Unmentionables. I, uh, mm. I, it was, it was fun. Yeah. And, you know, um, in the time that I was, I was down in, in Tanzania mm-hmm. as now I was actually finding myself in my niche. Yes. Um, Kenya Airways invited me back three times. Mm-hmm. And, the second by the second time when they were the first time was now when they were calling me on my way to the interview. Yes. The second time they called me, I was like, uh, you know what? Let me let I me see this. this. Mm. But by the third time they called me, mm-hmm. I had already found my place. Yes. I knew this is where I fit, this mm. is what I enjoy. Yeah. The money might not be as good as what I will find in Kenya Airways. Yeah. And I was really enjoying what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take you now in to your role in Amref, just for you to talk about it. And I don't know if it, if this is me joining the dots wrongly, but it really feels like you being in Narok with Peter and then the medical research that was there and the impact and kind of job satisfaction that you were getting then gave you an idea of jumping into now an opportunity like Amref. Uh, Amref mm-hmm. has been a dream for me, you know, we, we, we usually, we, it's cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whenever we join companies, yeah, yeah, you like, say this that, is oh, this has always job. been my dream job, yeah. you know. And that time you're just uh, taking things off Google from what you've learned about the company. <laughs> yes. But no, Amref was actually my dream. Oh. So when I was a kid growing up dreaming of being a pilot, mm-hmm. I used to read an article that was in the Sunday newspaper mm-hmm. called The Surgeon's Diary. Ah, yeah. By Dr. Yeah. Yusuf Dagood, if you remember. Yes. Yes. So he talked about that his missions. That tells you how old we are. <laughs> he talked about his missions, the things that he was doing, and he used to go for medical evacuations in mm. Amref as well. So from from the get go, I wanted to join Amref from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But Amref was my retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Amref was what I was supposed to do after I had done everything else. Yes. In fact, before I joined Amref, I was planning to go to Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to Malaysia mm-hmm. and uh, go, you know, just, I, I was, I'm, I'm usually 
I I'd gotten to a point where I'm I'm really comfortable just getting out of my skin. Yeah. Um I'm comfortable out of my comfort zone. I I like challenging yeah, myself. Yeah, thrown out there. You know. Sink. So I wanted to go to I wanted to go and fly in places that I hadn't flown. And the challenge mm-hmm. for Southeast Asia was everything. The weather, the mm-hmm. high ground, the as in I I love difficult flights and even with every company really? I've ever gone to. <laughs> The rest of us are like, oh my God. Yes. If there's a difficult flight, if there's something that other people are having an issue with, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy to call. And it's not that I am macho. Yes, I do. Mm. I am macho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah I believe yeah. in myself. You yes. have to believe in you yourself. Have to, you know, yeah, I, yeah. You have and then to you, go. You've gotten to where you are because yeah. you are yes. macho. You know, like, if, you're, if you're good mm, at something yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to sell myself short. Yeah, but I know that I'm a I'm a ridiculously good pilot. Mm. When it comes to flying planes, I I have a talent for flying planes. That's good. I may not have a talent for politics and dealing with companies. Yeah, exactly. Oh but my, you and I are the same. Like plane, I'm good at my yes. art, but then now the itineraries yeah. and management, my yeah. God. Give me any plane, I yeah. will fly. It. Yeah, I love planes. As yeah. in, I understand from the first time I got into an aircraft. Mm-hmm. I this was from my first hour. My mm-hmm. instructor just told me what to do, mm-hmm. and he was so impressed. I was the first guy to go on solo, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was for me flying. Flying was an easy bit. Yeah, it was an easy bit. It's handling everything else mm. that uh, that be, had to that, be a yeah, school that, that of something work. for you to learn. Yeah, that took work. Or, mm-hmm. So. Um, Amref, mm-hmm. like I was telling you, was mm-hmm. was was my dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, only that I thought I'd, I'd I'd get to it much later. much later. Yeah. Uh, there was an incident that happened when mm-hmm. when I was in Tanzania, mm-hmm. which which was uh, a really difficult thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got to Tanzania, uh, the driver who picked me up from the airport the first time I landed there. Mm-hmm was a guy called Hussein. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hussein and I hit it off from then. Mm-hmm. And every time, like, Hussein would be the guy to drop me off if I'm coming from the office. As in, I'd actually be like, who's the driver today? Then I'd just sit and wait. Mm-hmm. If I was leaving with a five o'clock bus and Hussein was in the later bus, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd actually sit in the office and wait so I can go back to Hussein. Because after he had dropped everyone off, mm-hmm. we, it would just be the two of us in the car, yeah. just talking, and uh, on this one instance, mm-hmm. um, we went, we dropped everyone else off. Mm-hmm. And since he was he was dropping the car off um, where now Somewhere we used to sleep, mm-hmm. he told me, let me let me drop this guy off, Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. And then we go drop you off instead of me dropping you off. And then yeah. I told him, let's, let's do that. So yeah. we, we did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was during Ramadan. So he had been fasting. Mm-hmm. So when we... When we got there, you know, Hussein was just coughing. He was coughing a bit. Intensively. Uh, no, initially mm-hmm. it was just, you know, a bit mm-hmm. of a cough. Mm-hmm. And we we went to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we had parked, mm-hmm. he just, he got into this coughing fit. And he told me, ah, Mark, you know, uh, just get me some water. Ah, So I went to drop off my bags. Um, I got a glass of water from my room. Mm-hmm. As, I was, as I came to now bring in the glass of water. I found him now sprawled on the ground next to the oh swimming pool gosh. and he's as in he had undone his shirt and he was just in this fit of coughing mm. where he just started coughing up blood. Mm. And 
and it was bad. And that time now I'm sitting there because that was not my station now. I was in Dar es Salaam. My station yeah. back then was was uh, Arusha. Yeah. So I didn't have my car there. My car was in Arusha. Yeah. So I borrowed the manager's car mm-hmm. and uh, I got Hussein into the car. Mm-hmm. And, as in I had to drag him into the car. He was just so weak. Mm-hmm. He, he couldn't stop mm-hmm. uh, coughing. And I just, I drove like a madman. I drove mm-hmm. around, uh, you know, I was overtaking cars on the mm-hmm. curb. Mm-hmm. I went to the first hospital. Mm-hmm. It was closed. It was, uh, the Khan had a clinic there. Mm-hmm. I went to the second hospital. It was also closed, mm-hmm. the clinic. So I eventually went to another hospital and I just brought Hussein in. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the doctors were picking him up, they were like, you know, uh, this guy doesn't have insurance. They just told him, look, I will pay whatever yeah. needs to sort be paid. Him out. Just sort him out. So they they went in with him and I was standing there. So now I started calling up the company, telling them what had happened. Mm-hmm. And they sent another driver now to come in uh, to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, in it was, a, it was a period of about less than half an hour. Mm-hmm. Same pastor. Ooh. Sorry about and, that. Uh, when Hussein passed on, mm-hmm. I just took the, the other the other driver who had been sent actually went picked up uh, Hussein's son mm. and uh, the wife. So wow. he was bringing them. So they then they just knew that he's um, he's in hospital and yeah. he's sick. Yeah. And I I now had to call the son aside because mm-hmm. I couldn't break the news to the mom. Call yeah. the son aside yeah. and tell him. And tell him to just take the mom aside. Yeah. And because I just told them, no, Hussein is just upstairs. He's okay. Mm. Uh, that's what I told the mom. Mm. And and uh, that thing just... It, it Cuts deep. Because Hussein, Cuts Hussein was, deep. was not just the driver. Yeah. Hussein was my friend. Mm. So Hussein, Hussein was a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. He was a chain smoker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was during Ramadan. Mm-hmm. So he had stayed off cigarettes. Yeah. And uh, so he was trying to quit cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And since he hadn't eaten the whole day, uh, so he had an ulcer in his stomach that, that burst. burst. Oh. And that's that's what killed him. Yeah. And uh, you know, I went back and I said, you know what? I, as in this was, because that whole time I was, I was, I was busy. Amref had given me several offers, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, come work for us and yeah. I was, I was always you know, weren't uh, too sure as to which sure. one to pick. So yeah, I I stepped down from my job there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it meant taking a pay cut. Yeah. I think this is important for people to understand. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes now, you have to take yeah, a step back. Yeah, to, take, to then exactly <laughs> to go get forward. further. Yeah. <laughs> okay, mm. I think in my life I've done that quite a lot. Yeah, of and it's paid off. Yes, it has paid off. Mm. If you have an end goal mm. in sight. Uh, yeah, so I joined Amref mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I used to love bush flying, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that there is, there is no job mm-hmm. I enjoy better mm-hmm. than Amref. Really? What, what, what exactly do you do now for Amref? I do, I do medical evacuations. Oh. Yes. I do medical evacuations. I fly people from everywhere. Whether it's within the country mm-hmm. to hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mandera. Uh, and at the back, so as you're flying at the back, people are just trying to keep that person alive, yes. and you're the one to determine getting yes. there. Yes. Oh and my god. You see, god. now we are also so as, as an Amref pilot, I'm part mm-hmm. of the the team. So when we mm-hmm. land there, mm-hmm. I'm no longer pilot. 
Oh, um, you're also doing the medic part or, or assisting. Wow. Uh, and I have, I have, I have seen every, I have done everything. I can imagine. Okay. <sighs> I have I have, have dealt with hacks. blood and guts and puke and, and peace yeah. and uh, <laughs> everything that comes off the know. other parts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether there's 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 any way to put this um, mm-hmm. in a in a less uh, what in a like, better way. But yes, n- I yeah, have also dealt with shit. Yeah. Uh, I've 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 changed uh, diapers. I've changed beddings. I've, I've I've wiped down patients. Uh, wow. And uh, yeah, what some of you don't know mm-hmm. is uh the first the first diagnosed patient of mm-hmm. for COVID in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I'm actually the one who evacuated him from from the coast. No way. To come to Nairobi and later on to go to reunion. Uh-huh. And he is alive and well. Oh, great. Yes. And when I was doing that, uh, no one wanted to do that flight. And you've got four kids, you know, yes. that's the other part. Yes. And I think, yeah. And I think at that time your youngest had been born. Yes. So there's a risk of that. There is. Uh, but I, but I had a, I had a talk with my wife mm-hmm. and my wife is a doctor and she knows me. Yeah. And the one thing she told me, she knows that if she tells me not to do this, uh, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Exactly. Because I believe in my calling. Yeah. Amre for me is not just a job that pays me. I love that. This is, this is that. something that I was called to yeah. do. Yeah. I love doing this. Yes. I love, I've, I've done a lot of difficult flights. And even right now, mm-hmm. uh, with Amref as well. Yeah. If there is a difficult flight, they know who to, who call. to call. You see? Yeah. And I will find solutions. Yeah. I will do everything to make sure that my team gets there. Yeah. I will fly through the night. I will fly in weather. Yeah. I will fly... Whatever it is that we have to do. Mark, you know the fact that so, I know you on personal level, to know the risk that you put yourself out there <laughs> then gives me the concern. But then it gives me so much gratitude that you took the time to actually come do this with me and then to let people know. Finally, it's just to talk about, I know you've always wanted to charter a path for people the same way. Some people did it for you, but then it also lacked in some elements. And I just want you to talk on that as you now think five years from now, 10 years from now, what that story looks like. And the reason I ask is we all have people who are ahead of us and we want to know how perhaps they got there, but then what's also cooking in their books. And especially like for you, even from a creative side, the fact that I know you are very good with your art. And just how you are then responding to your calling and purpose in life. Uh, well, mm, I I actually appreciate this opportunity. Mm. I think you're the one who's 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 doing me the favor, and I feel oh. really humbled to be called to do this. Yeah, because I love mentorship. Yeah, um, and. Uh, Stacy is, mm-hmm. is one <laughs> I of like the... like the way you're insisting <laughs> to say Stacy, but you can say Ndanu, so... Well, I, I, I've I always called you Ndanu, Yeah, so, or Kido, because Kido is yes. just like, yo. Yeah, so <laughs> uh-huh. she's, 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 she's my Kido. Yeah. Uh, and there are two people that I call Kido. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yes. that's Ndanu and my small sis. Yeah. And Ndanu is someone that... Uh, as in the greatest joy for her, for those of you who want to know how long I've known her, 
was me throwing her up in the air yeah. and tickling her until she'd cry. I'd carry her on my shoulders. Uh, people know me. People to, know me uh, to be poised. Okay, yes. if you say these things about me, they won't believe you. <laughs> so I have, I have known her for long enough. Yeah. That now, atakama siyezi beba on my shoulders. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has, she has filled up a bit. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, she is she is one of those people that I have been so proud to mentor oh, uh, through life. Definitely. We have we have met through uh, times when yeah. it's been difficult for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to be her t- Sunday school teacher as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. <laughs> when, yes, when she tells you about uh, praying, yeah, I, I take so much pride in the fact that she she's she's big on prayer mm. and on faith. Mm. And uh, so, getting a chance to actually speak to people—I'm uh, not just speaking to the millennials, but mm-hmm. if I could speak to everyone else who yeah. is working, who yeah. has a chance, yes, to give mentorship, yes, to someone else, mm. you know, it doesn't matter. You might you might not think that uh, you're at a place where you can give advice to someone else, yes, but. Uh, Wherever you are, whatever you know, yeah. if you have experienced something that can help someone else out, yeah, just take that opportunity mm-hmm. and offer mentorship. Yes, if if it's if it's uh, helping them out financially, all that works. Yes, but uh, the finances don't teach someone how to you know to mature in the workplace. Yeah, it's mentorship that actually mm. does that. Mm. So uh, I'd. I'd I'd love to get more opportunities. Yes. Uh, I don't know how it happened because like yesterday, mm-hmm. I actually got a call from one of my other mentees. Mm-hmm. There's a guy called Ian Menjo. Mm-hmm. Ian Menjo is flying for Kenya Airways. Mm-hmm. And when when he came to me, he was also flying like a small plane. Mm-hmm. And I got him his first proper job. Oh. And now he works for KQ and the guy is, is married. He has two kids. Amazing. Uh, and as he was calling me, he was calling me to give me someone else. Oh. Because people know <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am very, very passionate. I have, yeah. I have seen people uh, grow out of them, you know, their shells mm. and be better. One of the most important things that you have to learn as a mentor is... Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hold someone accountable as per your dreams. Exactly. You need to hold them accountable as per their dreams. And their purpose. Okay, mm. and their purpose. Don't measure them according to where you are. Yes. Don't limit them because you're afraid or you don't want them to, to become bigger than you. Yeah. The, the best thing about being a teacher and a mentor mm-hmm. is when you see people actually surpass you, exactly. when you see them go further yes. than anything, because it, it fills you with so much pride. Yeah. So don't don't sit there and start thinking, ah, this, you know, I've gotten this person a job, now they're earning more than yeah. me. Yeah. Dude, yeah. get over yourself. I know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like they say, but exactly. Mlangwazi. Mm. So someone, everyone has a purpose in life. Chat chart out your own course mm-hmm. based on what your dream was, based yes. on what your needs are in yes. life, mm-hmm. and then help other people out. Yeah. Nothing is more satisfying 
than helping someone else achieve their dreams. I know. Okay. I know. They they might never say thank you. They might never repay you. Yeah. Uh I have people I'm working with right now. Yeah. Who were my mentees. Mm-hmm. And from that job to the job that they have right mm-hmm. now and others who are even way ahead of me they fly bigger yeah. planes. And, yeah. But every time, you know, like if I'm flying and I just mention to to someone that hey, mm-hmm. go say hi to the captain. Mm-hmm. That's my student. Mm-hmm. If they hear that they just move me. <laughs> Straight from where I was first sitting. Class. Come to first class. Come to the cockpit. And then make sure come. we catch up. Okay. Don't, don't <laughs> get out to be that account. <laughs> so uh, it, it fills me with a lot of pride yeah. uh, to see them. So mm-hmm. uh, thank you for giving me this this chance. Kaibu, and if there's Kaibu. anyone out there who's who's feeling that, you know, they are stuck in mm-hmm. a rut. Yeah. If, if my story... Uh, is an inspiration to you. Yes. Then just understand that sometimes you have to change your course. Yes. Sometimes you have to take a step back. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take a completely different path. Yeah. To get where you're going. Mm. Okay. You yes. don't you don't have you, it's to, your journey. Yes. It's your journey. And then don't settle. Yes. Okay. Yes. I understand having a different job. Yeah. I understand, you know, but if that job is a stepping stone to where you're going to get. Yeah. If that job is not the end result for you, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. But if you get stuck in a rut and mm-hmm. you're just thinking that you know what, that's it. Mm-hmm. You this is the best that this you can is do. It. Yeah. Depression will set in. Yeah. And I promise you it will it gets ugly. It gets ugly. It gets very ugly okay. if you don't seek the help. Yes. So yeah. uh, uh as 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 Nanu mentioned, mm-hmm. I'm an artist as well. Yeah. And uh right now I'm I'm trying to well I am I'm transitioning from traditional art media yeah. into <laughs> digital art. Yes. I recently and doing some good stuff. Yeah, I recently yeah. designed a cover page for my wife's PhD thesis. Oh. Which got rave reviews and now her colleagues are just like referrals could your husband in the time where he's busy doing medical evacuation. Can he just yes. figure out how to Yeah. Yeah. I, I support my kids are artists as well. Yeah. So I try and make sure that they have all the materials. Yeah. It's uh I didn't have these things. When 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 I was when I was growing, growing up, up, yeah. Uh I didn't have drawing books. Yes. So what I used to do is actually the reason why I used to read so hard mm-hmm. uh was because to be able to afford. <laughs> being number one, yes, we used to get three mm, books. Yes. We used to get three yes, books, two hundred yes. pages. Yes. You know, mm. and those books were my drawing books. Mm. So that's why I just used to soma so that I can get the three books. If I get if I get one book, I just I plead with whoever yeah, was yeah. ahead of me, please, please just, just give, give me, me one, one book. book so that I can draw. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And right now I make sure my kids know is it paints, is it drawing books? whatever they need to advance their art. Yeah. They have uh, digital drawing pads. They have laptops, they yeah. have iPads. They, yeah. You know, I, yes, I do spoil my kids. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For yeah. sure. I yeah. know that more than anything. So looking into the future for mm-hmm. me is, mm-hmm. um, I I hope that I can grow this. I can convince more people, especially professionals, people who are in jobs. Yeah. To go out there, get back to the high schools, get back to your to your hoods where mm. you grew up. Even 
even it within okay. your own family. Within your own family. Yeah. Within, you know, take on people on if you're a doctor there's a kid there who wants to be a doctor exactly you know just let them spend let them, a bit of time with mm, you let go them with see them for what rounds. it is let them see yeah. what it is yeah because it's it's one thing to to study for something yeah and then when you get to work yeah be hit by the rough reality of it exactly because we you never got any exposure into what you wanted to do yeah you know so wherever you get a chance to actually teach someone something yeah and teach them and and get out of that pride or that uh small mindedness of thinking that you know uh, if i teach this this person this thing yeah. you know, they will surpass me one thing my mom used to tell me mm-hmm. and still tells me mm-hmm. is the one thing you can never steal mm-hmm. from someone mm-hmm. is knowledge yeah okay and once you impart knowledge that's that's the one job that you have to do i know my mother used to tell me i can't give you an inheritance uh, but i can exactly. make sure you're educated exactly okay yeah we've always shared and that from both our parents yes. of, yeah i wouldn't be able to give you everything yes. but then an education and knowledge would be given yeah. yeah so thank you so much for taking part of this episode um there's one thing i'm doing um to either intro or do an outro mm-hmm. is you get to choose a song that you're feeling in this time <laughs> and we will play it as we're just now winding it off and it's for you to just again have an expression of yourself i i i just want to get to know you know what exactly in terms of music normally people will be like okay so what book are you reading and then now recommend it but then this is for you mm-hmm. this is a platform to express you so tell me what song you'd want me to play <laughs> you can think we can take time. Yo. I know. I know. I know. It's it's yeah, the last time the, so we've had two guests before you and it's just been one picked um Nico Sawa by Sauti Sol mm-hmm. then the other was uh Michael Jackson. Yes. So feel free to go off the books. Oh. But I I I have a I have a feeling let me see what you're going to pick. What I'm going to pick. Uh-huh. No, no, no. What what will I choose cuz and are you um, you could you know you could be on baby shark do 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 because 20 months is there anyway oh, baby okay. shark <laughs> I'm on baby shark so badly uh, that's uh, eh? keeping them entertained i this this just there's so much eh? you got to choose one uh 